All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Programmatic. My name is Michael Doeys, and I'm here again with Taylor Arndt. Hi, Taylor. How are you doing today? Oh, Michael. I'm doing pretty good, except trying to get this script to work. But anyways, that's nor here. That, that's, the, that's the usual answer of a programmer right there. Right <laughs> yeah. there. Trying that's how it usually work. goes. Yeah. So we thought that we would come in and do a programmatic episode on how to use Git not get, not G-E-T, but G-I-T <laughs> in 2024. And the reason why we wanted to do that is a lot of people do not know how to use Git. And a lot of people don't know what Git is. So Taylor, why don't you explain to people in, in your view, what is Git? What, how is it used? And then I'll, I'll come in and uh, give my thoughts. So Git is a a system in a sense. There's a lot of different like websites and things that you can use it. Basically, it's a system where you can store and you can collaborate with code. So you can be able to, you know, collaborate on your projects and you can also store your code for, you know, later use or to show off to the world. And like I said, there's a lot of different sites that do this, but Git is the underlying property i guess you'd say and then there's like github and others that actually make it more feasible instead of just a you know terminal or a whatever instead of running your own git server i should say yeah so git is version control so uh in in like google docs as it was explained during technically working which is another fantastic podcast by the way if you're not listening and subscribe to that highly recommend that you do that uh, they they explain it really well. Uh, they they explain it as sort as version control, also known as track changes in Google Docs and other things like that in different uh, 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 software programs. You can use Git to track your changes in anything, and it just depends on what you're working on, how much you use it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I so, pretty much use it every day. So, so Git is a way to. Um, it's it's kind of like Command Z, or Control Z, for undo. Yeah. So if I make a change that breaks my code, I could just go back into Git, and say I want to restore back from where I was because that didn't work. And then so people are like, okay, well, how are Git and GitHub the same thing? Well, no. What's the difference, yeah. Taylor? Well, so the way I guess I want to say I understand it is like, you know, Git is, of course, well, it's, I mean, I think it's like all free, but GitHub adds more features to Git where it makes it a lot easier to collaborate. And then they also have all their AI features. Hopefully that helped, Michael. You may have to expand on that. Sure. So Git is basically the offline way of doing version control. GitHub is a uh, remote place to store your your content. So um, when you when you do things with Git, you send it to GitHub, correct? And that way, other people can collaborate, or you can make sure that you back up your code off of your computer. And that's the important differentiating thing. Git and GitHub are not the same thing, but they no, work on the same principles. Right, right. Right now, yeah. Sorry, Michael. Go ahead. Right now, I have some local repositories that are backed up on my computer to Git, 
right? But I haven't put them in the cloud. So, you know, until I want to actually put them in the cloud, because I've got sensitive stuff in there, you know, then I would just put them in the cloud. But right now they're just on my computer in case I make a catastrophic change. So right now they're only on her computer in a Git repository. Correct. Or repo. Correct. As yes. they say. Yep. And my favorite command, if in case I mess something up, is git dash dash reset. Git well, reset hard. I think it's git dash, mm -hmm. dash reset hard. Well, we'll get into those. We'll get into those soon. I so the so GitHub, you know, lets us back up our code into public or private repositories. Now in the past, GitHub made it to where everything had to be free or if you wanted to have private repositories, you had to pay. That has changed. It sure has. So. And yeah, it's, it's awesome. And I, sorry, Michael. And if you also like were a student, when that happened, like you could get free repos or um, if, for example, you contributed to open source, this is what I understand because this actually happened to me. Before I was a student, I contributed to some kind of open source software. Can't remember what it was, but GitHub recognized that and they gave me the pro plan anyway. So I'm not sure how that works. It was It's called like the Arctic Vault Contributor or something. I don't know what that is. I think it was because I contributed to Visual Studio Code. Gotcha. So there's several things to that. And so GitHub is great, but we're we're going to focus on Git today, the built-in um, way to make changes. So, okay, say you create a, a new document. Say, let's take source code out of the picture here. And say you create a document or you create a, or you're writing a book or anything. You can use Git for version control of your book. Mm -hmm. Now, with with Git, basically you have a folder on your computer and you just start typing, you know, you're just making your changes. You save your changes to the hard drive and Git will track your changes. And the way it does that is through several mechanisms. So say I write a chapter in a book and, you know, I eventually will get into a round of writing my book and I'll probably use Git for my version control, right? So you write your book, you write chapter one, you save it, and you're like, okay, I don't want to change chapter one. It's great. I might commit those changes to version control or source control at that point so that I have a point in my timeline that I could go back to, mm -hmm. right? And so what we do is we add those changes to be staged. Now, you can, on the command line, you could use git, so git add period to add everything in the directory that you're in and recursively down. Or git add star to add everything. Um, that's another way to do it. Or git add file name. If you don't want to add everything to commit. <coughs> at once. So yeah. there's a few ways of doing this, right? There's a few ways to stage changes. You could also stage your changes in the source, in the version control or source control tab in VS code. Um, and it's like the visually it shows like a little dot with two branches coming off of it. And we'll get into branches later. 
but that's yeah. the visual icon. And for screen reader users, it says that there is uncommitted changes. Mm -hmm. so, so you stage your changes. Yeah. Hmm? I said we did this a little yesterday in my tutorial. So. Mm -hmm. you, you stage your changes, right? And once you've staged your changes, then you commit your changes to source control. What that means is that you're saying these changes are what I want on this commit. So I can, you know, I can revert back to that commit. And you can revert back several commits. I'm not going to explain how to do that on this tutorial because it's more complicated. But uh, there is ways of doing it in VS Code. I use SourceTree, GitHub Desktop. All of these applications have ways of doing that. You can view your previous commits and go back to one. Now, so what is a repo and or repository, and why is it important? Taylor, what is a repo? A repo is basically a collection of documents or code, and it's kind of you can almost think about like as a folder, but it's like on you know GitHub if that's what you're saying. And it's important because you can have different features to track different parts of your repo. For example, like if we take GitHub, there's like issues and all these other things. But really, like I said, repo is a collection of folders. Well, yeah, folder files, and it has all of your source code if you're taking code, for example. So your repo is your is your working copy of what you're working on. It is the a place where all of your files are stored. Now, yep. your repo can change based on certain things, uh, like branches. And when we start a repo, we're always in either a branch called master or main. GitHub calls it main now. It changed a few years ago. But the reason is we start somewhere. And usually people use main, master, or whatever you call it as a the production branch. That is where everything goes when you're ready to send it out to production. And there are you can make branches to be to represent different versions of your code. This is the true power of Git, in my opinion. Because yes. with branches, um you know, you can uh, basically work on several different ideas without affecting your main branch. So let's go back to our book that we're writing. So I wrote chapter one, I committed it in the chapter one branch, and then I merged, which is a term, merging, back to the main branch. So that is set in stone. We know that that's going to be in the book. We don't need to edit it anymore, right? So then we have a chapter two branch. We write that, we write that chapter, right? We commit it, and then we merge it back into main. But I could also go back to the chapter one branch and say, oh, well, I don't like how chapter two connects to chapter one with this. Then I could go back to chapter one, make that edit, not even see chapter two, and then push those back to main. And I have chapter one and chapter two back in the main in our production. Mm -hmm. 
So that's the power of branching. And, you know, if multiple people are working on something, say you're working on code, then I can write a feature in, you know, I could have feature slash um, add AI support to project, right? And then I can commit that back into um, usually a develop branch so that you could test all the changes at once and then send that back to main whenever it's ready to be released to the public. Now, this is called Git flow, G-I-T flow, where you have, it's a, a technique for using branching to make features and different things so you don't cross over other developers' work. It, when that happens, you create merge conflicts. So if I write something on line 10, Taylor writes something on line 10, it creates a merge conflict. Visual Studio Code helps you deal with those and all you basically need to do is figure out which version you want to keep or if you just edit it and kind of, you know, add the best of both worlds. Taylor, how do you deal with merge conflicts? Yeah, you know, I was just thinking about this and I probably need to make a tutorial at some point. But the way I deal with it is I, so in VS Code it says, hey, you can't save a file because there's a merge conflict. And usually when I'm saying that, I'm like, uh-oh. Great. What now? So what happens is you can say like view conflict. Once I do that, it is literally going to have these like symbols in the file. And I don't know how to describe these symbols like less, greater than, greater than, whatever. And they're basically saying, okay, this is what the part is like different. And then it will say like Michael's code. And then it will say like Taylor's code. And then it could say like keep both, replace both, or, you know, overwrite with one or the other or you know it could just you could just like I said override everything and just don't keep anything but I don't usually do that but um yeah I should like I said because I just changed the interface for this and so I actually need to do an updated tutorial about this because I don't even know the new interface Mm -hmm. I haven't had a merge conflict in a while so that's a good thing (laughs) yeah you never want to have merge conflicts they will happen but they're not fun so, and I sometimes get them with myself. <laughs> you can do that. Yes. Yes, you can. If I have a file open on Mac and then on Windows, like I tried to share, I tried to do a live share session with myself and it didn't work too well. But basically, um, these happen mostly when you're using GitHub. If if you're using a local repo, it's harder to have a merge conflict unless you make a change in two branches and merge them back into another branch. Yeah. So that's a way that that can happen. So the next thing is to talk about remotes. So, well, let's first go back a minute and talk about how the command line, how do you commit? And that's very easy. You basically do git commit dash M space double quote your message double quote. And that will make, once you've staged your files, that will commit. You could do uh, git um, for branches. I believe it's, you could do um, git branch, is that it? Or git checkout? I think git branch makes the branch. Yeah, git git checkout. checkout. Mm -hmm. And I usually do that in VS Code too. Mm Mm-hmm. 
So all of these things were made easier in VS Code so you, or, or other programs so you don't have to remember the command lines. There are certain things I like to do on the command line, like git commit, git pull, git push, because it's just easy, easier just not having to go find those things. But, you know, when you're staging files or if you're uh, doing, you know, creating branches or managing merge conflicts, you definitely want to do those kind of things in VS Code or your uh, source editor of choice. Xcode can do this as well. So it oh, just yeah, depends. Yeah. Or you're like pull requests. which we mm -hmm. So, okay. One thing that we haven't talked about is what happens if you want to say, say you found something on GitHub and you want to work on it or contribute to it. How do you bring that down to your computer? And it's very simple. On, you could download the zip file, which will download the source, but you could also, in your command line, you could write git space clone space URL. So you just paste the GitHub URL that you want to clone, and it will make a new folder and set up git inside of that folder. And if you're logged into GitHub on your computer, then you can you know make changes, fork the repo, which... Is another term we haven't talked about. Forking is where you make a copy in your own user account of GitHub and you can make your own changes and then send a pull request to send it back to the original developer. They have to review it and all those kind of things, but yep, git clone uh, URL. And that's how you can bring down other projects so you can work on them or use them. You know, I run a few mas I'm, I run uh, a Mastodon server, and on my Mastodon server, um, when I update the source code and then do the rest of the work to make it ready to upgrade, I actually do pull the latest release of Mastodon through Git. You really? Yes, that is part of the process. How do you know when there's a new Mastodon release? I mean, it's kind of off topic, but it's also like talking about how do you know when somebody's updated? So it's very simple. I just go do a Google search for Mastodon releases, go to the GitHub page and, and review what's new. Ah. And make a determination if I want to go through the painful upgrade process. Yeah, it's kind of a pain. So, yeah, those are some of the ways that we can use Git. Um Again, let's talk about pulling and pushing, which are very easy commands, git pull, git push on the command line. Pulling is when you're pulling changes down uh, from a remote repository of what people may have changed. So when I'm working uh, on a project, if our other developers make a change, then I'm subscribed by email to see when those changes are. And I can write git git space pull. And that will pull their changes down and incorporate them into my code. Now, sometimes you may get merge conflicts and you have to fix those, but that's how that goes. Git push will push your changes up to the cloud through to GitHub, Bitbucket, uh, all the other places that are out there to store repositories. So those are the commands that I, I use the most. Now, so going back to Git flow, um, this is, there are a lot of other techniques out there. This does not work the best for 
um, building with continuous uh, integration, continuous delivery, but this is a good developer project flow for websites and things like this. Um, Git flow is you have a, um, well, I mean, I guess it could when you push to production, you know, when you push develop to production, it could use CI CD to do all of the things. So I guess that could work. But uh, basically, you have your main branch, as we talked about. Then you have a develop branch that has all of your current developer changes for that version. Then you have feature branches, so feature slash whatever you want it to be called. If you're doing a hotfix or bug fix, you can use hotfix slash the name of the hotfix as your branches. Hmm? Mm -mm. What's that? Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know about the hotfix. How did it I am tongue-tied. Oh, my goodness. Hot fix. Mm-hmm. Branch. Yep. You could do hot fix slash fix uh, Python key file name. <laughs> oh, my uh, gosh. <laughs> kind of going back to something that happened this morning. And oh, you can then push that into develop, make sure it works, then push it out to main. So... That's, you know, the basics of Git flow. You know, you, you can use, uh, that way you make sure that everything, you know, if it's in develop, it's already kind of ready to be tested as one major release. And then when you're ready for it to go out, you can then push it out to main uh, by merging into main and then, you know, you're ready to go. And speaking of releases, Michael, be cool at the end, like, because I struggle with creating releases, like, once you're ready to release your software. So, like, I've done it, but, like, do you do that from the command line? I do, do that not. From... That is all things I think you do from GitHub. Okay. I'm sure there's a, a API to do it, but those, that's not really something that you do in Git, like, on your local machine, as far as I'm aware. Okay, because I wasn't sure, and I think I could. I wonder if I could do it in VS Code, because I want to try to keep everything in VS Code. That's just well, like here's the thing. I one of the things, and I think you have trouble with this, and a lot of people do, is to know what is a Git feature and what is a GitHub feature, right? Mm -hmm. Pull request, forking, um, releases, all of those things are major GitHub features. Yep. They, they are not Git features. And I also knew that when I was trying to get you to talk about that for the audience. Mm, gotcha. So. I don't know if I believe you, but I gotcha. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I do, because I've made releases before, so I know how to do it. So basically, the GitHub has a lot of features, you know, like the the issues, the pull requests, all of those things that are, you know, GitHub features. So it's important to know what is a feature of GitHub, what's a feature of Git, right? So keep those things in mind. Um, Taylor, are there other things that we may be missing that we want to talk about? Well, I what I would say is, you know, Git is super important you know and of course i like to use github for my storage but you know there's other options like i said somebody could run a GitLab server which is like an open source alternative i believe you know we had that when i was at western michigan university 
And that's when I first got exposed to Git. But yeah, I think, you know, that's kind of all I have. And I say is that, you know, the Git providers that you use, like GitHub, Bit, BitLab, ooh. Bitbucket. I'm sure there is a company called BitLab, but. Oh, my God. But, um, you know, the accessibility of those will vary. And also of the website Mm -hmm. to the page. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you use GitHub, you do have GitHub Copilot you can use. And and Copilot chat is great. And there's some great features that you can use. So. I would look into, you know, make, do your research, figure out what's going to work best for you and and things like that. The, the biggest thing with Git is figure out what works best for you. We gave, GitFlow was one example, but there's other ways of doing this, right? So like Xcode Cloud uses, you know, we mentioned CI, CD, continuous integration, continuous delivery. I need to play with that more. And with Xcode Cloud, you build your app and you put it, you commit to a certain branch and Apple will see it and go out and just run the code and put it in test flight for you. Do you use that, Michael? I've used it a few times. The issue that I'm still working on is how to handle environment variables with that, like API keys and that kind of thing. So... That's kind of the biggest thing that I'm working on with that, but it is really cool. I've I've done it with a few apps, so. Yeah, and like even for me, I'm I think there are solutions where I could like do CI/CD with like Django apps. Yes, there is. Them to a website, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna I'm gonna look into that. Too. Well, this is gonna do it for this episode. I think we've gotten through. We've gone about thirty minutes into this. We're close and. You know, we'll be doing a lot more programming discussions and things like that in the future. So uh, I want to thank you, Taylor, for being here for this episode. We've covered a lot of material. Uh, I hope you guys have taken notes, but this is a podcast so you can go back and re-listen to it. So uh, it's been a good episode. We will have this up shortly. And uh, you could always follow us, you know, um, online. I'm Mike Doeys at techopolis.social on Mastodon. And she is... Tay Art at techopolis.social. Mm-hmm. And you could also email me at mikedoys at icloud.com. And you can find the show at iacast.net and programmaticpod.com. All right, folks, that's going to do it. We will be back on another episode of the show. Thank you so much for being here, and we'll see you all next time. Bye-bye, everyone.